I found myself at the breakfast table with a friend whose husband is Guy Kawasaki, the guy who worked with Steve Jobs yeah. to create you know, Apple computer. He's one of the branding gurus of the world. And I was sharing my story with him, the one that I just shared with you. And he points his finger at me and he says, that's your book. Write the book. And I'm like, ooh. When Guy Kawasaki points his finger at you and says, write the book, you write the book. So here's the transition. If I had taken a job and I worked for someone else and they said, Michelle, we need you to write a book. I'd say, okay, I'll write a book. Why not do that for myself? Hello and welcome to Be The Wolf. I am your host, Jenea Barnes. Many people struggle to be the fullest, biggest, truest versions of themselves. They bend to fit into other people's ideals of who and what they should be. They tame their brilliance to avoid judgment and gain approval. A long time ago, people attempted to tame the wilderness of Yellowstone National Park by eradicating predators. Taming the wilderness collapsed the ecosystem. But there's hope. In the mid-90s, 41 wolves were introduced into the park and with this, the ecosystem replenished itself and flourished. The wolves did nothing but be exactly who they are meant to be and do what they were born to do. So I say to you, be the wolf. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Be the Wolf. I am here with Michelle Hoffman. She is a relationship coach. We're going to talk about the idea that relationships matter. I mean, you all matter, just so you know, you matter, but your relationships matter too. And they are often a reflection of what's going on within you. And also a lot of times what's going on in your career. But we're going to talk about Michelle's story, how she became a relationship coach. And obviously we're going to talk about relationships. So buckle up. Uh, Michelle, can you tell us, just give us the skinny of what it is exactly that you do as a relationship coach. People have ideas about what coaches are or not are. Not art, what they're not, <laughs> what they're not. There we okay. go. Well, okay, interestingly enough, I'll tell you what I'm not I'm not an attorney, I'm not an accountant, I'm not a healthcare provider, and I'm not your lover. Aside from that, no topic is taboo with a my with me being a relationship coach. I can't say that that's true with everyone, but as a relationship coach. I help people understand that all relationships follow the same cycle from chemistry to casual to committed. And if you are feeling alone, lonely, sad, frustrated, depressed, like you can't trust yourself in intimate relationships, because when you have made intimate relationship decisions in the past, they've not gone your way, or you've run into the same challenge over and over again, or if you just don't know how to navigate relationships so that it brings you closer rather than being destructive, then that's a clear signal to reach out to somebody like me to help you with the relationships that you have 
so that you know you can trust the decisions that you're making are the right ones for you so that you can achieve all of your relationship dreams in your whole life. And like I said, it's often the people who are professionally successful who somehow wonder, why is it my personal life isn't working? Or people may have those relationship connections personally, but they don't see how that transitions into their professional life. So to go from relationship challenge to relationship dream come true, I help people find love now. Awesome. So I I think it's funny because it's like you are the relationship coach for the relationships and I'm the relationship coach for the job. Right. And you said, what are the, what's the cycle from all relationships go from chemistry to casual to committed. I just think about a job and your relationship as a job. You would definitely chemistry. Oh, I'm excited about this job to Mm -hmm. casual, like, okay, maybe it's the job. And then eventually you're all in. You're like, yes, this is the job for me. Committed. (laughs) (laughs) okay so before we go through all of that cycle let's talk about how did you well before i before we go into how did you get here Mm -hmm. tell me why is it that you do this what is your why what is my why you know my why started to help people and support my family doing it. And bigger than that, because people have been coming to me what I've learned or been reminded of my whole life. I have a why that is because I don't know any other way to exist because I've always been able to help people build and connect in relationships in a way that improves Every situation. And I'll keep it professional for your audience here at this moment. And because I've always helped people and companies understand where they fit in their role to achieve the success of of the individual as well as the goal. So actually, my second book is New Management Blueprint. And it was it's a love letter to all of the people who have reported to me through the years in finance, in medical publishing, and as a social scientist at Stanford University. Because what I learned was every single one of us brings our value system into the workplace. And these are your core values. It's how you make decisions. It's what you feel your moral compass, your go, your code is. So when I can help invite everybody's core values into alignment and help them build their own successful professional trajectories and then line all of those up with the core values and the goals with the mission and vision of the business, shazam, spark talent to ignite winning teams, creating valuable results. Everyone's on the same page. When you do something that is good for you professionally, it also helps advance not only yourself, the department, the business, the team, your clients, all of it. Right. I mean, it comes down to it. Relationships are the cornerstone of all of it. I mean, you can do a lot all by yourself. Mm -hmm. 
but you're going to exponentially be able to do more if you're working with a team or with people. Even those of you who are parents out there, you know, if you have a partner that's helping you, even if you're not together anymore, it's still easier to be able to do all of the things for the kids if you've got more than one person working on it together. I know you told me about like, you've been doing this since you were in fourth grade without (laughs) even like realizing it, but you had a disruption in your life Mm -hmm. that led you to this place. What were you doing before the disruption? Professionally, like Mm -hmm. I said, I was a portfolio manager in finance I was an executive in a medical, very successful medical publishing conglomerate, and I was a social scientist at Stanford University in the Department of Medicine. So that's what I was doing professionally. Plus, I had my own consulting company where I was helping businesses do just what I was saying. How do you align everyone's efforts together to achieve the mission and vision of the business? So that's what I was doing professionally. I got the luxury of taking a little time out to be a trophy wife, I guess, for like a minute to enjoy the life opportunity of being a full-time parent to the children when they were very small and co-parenting, as you said, whoo, knowing that you can rely on someone else. Just here, can you hold this? Even if that's the baby, we need another emergency contact. So I dreamed of having a partner my whole life. And this vision was so important to me that it's where I focused a lot of my energy. And it took longer than I thought to find the right person for me. And I say, you don't always know when it's wrong, but you always know when it's right. And when that happened, I met my my husband We were at the wrong dinner seating, at the wrong dinner table, at the wrong everything on a cruise. And by the end of that dinner, he said, I know you're the one for me. So whatever boxes he needed to check, he did. It took me a little bit longer. Later that night on the dance floor, he was brave enough to kiss me. And I did what every man dreams of when he kisses a woman. I laughed. Oh. (laughs) Oh. Oh, God. And, and, you know, we all know about, like, men's fragile egos. (laughs) Like, I can just, I can, okay, now I'm waiting. He he was brazen enough to ask what's so funny. And I just said, my whole world has changed. I was going down the track of my life this way, and now it's going toward you. And that's what every man dreams of when he kisses a woman. Come on. So that was, people have asked me, do I believe in love at first sight? And I say, I do. It's easier when you have an idea of what you're looking for to find what you're looking for, right? It's like when you know what your keys look for, you know what you're looking for. So if you're looking for the needle in the haystack, having a general idea of what that is, is going to help you clear away the hay to find the needle. If you're really particular and picky, perfect, because it makes it easier to identify your person 
or professionally your correct job fit, right? Yes. It's, it's they parallel, very, very similar. So with that, you know, we were dating, we knew this was it. We got married, we had a family together, we built a life together, we built a home together. And it was small, but it was perfect until he died. That left me head of household, sole parent, and you guessed it, single. Yeah. I didn't know if I had the capacity to love again. And what I realized is that when I was dating initially, and as I observe and build relationships, I had put together a methodology that works every single time. So I implemented that for myself, for the kids. And when we got back on our feet, people were like, wow, can you go help them? Can you go help them? And I'm like, I kind of need two jobs right now. I'm the sole provider. I'm the person who makes all of the decisions when you're busy taking care of everyone and everything. <gasps> who is taking care of you? Right. Um, and so what happened was I started to help other people with this same process. And then they were successful. And so people started to come to me going, you need to write the guide you did not have. So that was my first book, Life Worth Living, and it became an international bestseller. So people were reaching out to me from all over the world. Can you help me through it? And that's how I became the widow guide. Well, oof, yes, of course, I'm going to help you through it, but I need these two jobs. Right. You know, I need to rebuild what we've lost and I've got a life and a family and a da-da-da-da-da-da, just like everybody feels. And then the response was, this is your job. We need you. And as I honed and helped people through that, you can imagine when you've experienced loss, what do you want more than anything? If you can't have the person you had before, you want to step into who you are becoming with confidence and love again. So whether you're on the heels of heartbreak due to divorce, due to loss, or you've never found your right person, these are the people who now come to me to say, hey, can you help me find the right fit so that I know what it feels like to be fully loved, like just every cell in your body. It feels like walking on air kind of love, the cotton candy, the just this law of attraction that brings you together where you know this is your connection that you've been seeking your whole existence. One of the things that I had to learn was you could have more than one soulmate. Mm -hmm. So that was a big lesson. And so now I am deeply in love again. And yeah. I, I help other people find that goddess love that you won the jackpot with this partner type of love. And when you get that feeling, you know what it is. And that's what we're looking for. But if you've never known that totally true, unconditional love feeling, like people have come to me saying, I was walking down the aisle at my wedding knowing this is never going to last. I'm like, oh, ouch, to get into such an opportunity that can be blissfully happy, 
so that on the day you die, you know you really lived kind of love. Right. And you're making that kind of error. Ooh, that's going to cost you time, love, life. I mean, don't do that. It's going to cost you so much, just like those of you that are in jobs that are making you miserable. Exactly. Here's the thing, right? You spend a lot of time with your partner, your love. You spend a lot of time at work. And so these things are probably the two most important things other than taking care of yourself Mm -hmm. that there is in the world. But when you were, you were, you said you were working two jobs to support the family. Well, I was trying to, I figured that's what I needed to do to support my family. Okay. And, and you, of course, people kept coming to you like, help me, help me, help me. Now that place when you're leaning into towards that natural thing that you're really good at that you want to do. And there's this stuff that comes up because we have these preconceived ideas about how we're supposed to do a career. I mean, you already did it. You had, you had like 18 layers of all these different things that you were really good at, really powerful at, and you were doing before you met your partner and then now you're in this position to have to do that again. What was going through your head when people were saying, this is your job, this is what you have to do? What were the fears and the stuff that came Uh, up? You know, it's funny. It's funny. I'm going to tell you. I have had many managers in my lifetime. And there are some managers that I call eucalyptus managers. And a eucalyptus tree drops this oil that eucalyptus oil that prevents anything from growing underneath it. And people don't leave companies or businesses or titles or roles. They leave management. So to your point, if you're in a management, if you have a manager who's a eucalyptus manager preventing you from growth, that's going to be a signal to go, you know what? I bet I can find some richer soil somewhere else. (laughs) Right. I can actually step into who I could possibly flourish into becoming. Now, for me, what I've learned is that, again, my skill set at helping people build the right relationships in the right way to make that connection has always been a gift with person, gift with purchase if they hired me as an employee. And I found myself at the breakfast table with a friend whose husband is Guy Kawasaki, the guy who worked with Steve Jobs to create an Apple computer. He's one of the branding gurus of the world. And I was sharing my story with him, the one that I just shared with you, and he points his finger at me and he says, that's your book. Write the book. And I'm like, ooh. When Guy Kawasaki points his finger at you and says, write the book, you write the book. So here's the transition. If I had taken a job and I worked for someone else and they said, Michelle, we need you to write a book. I'd say, okay, I'll write a book. Why not do that for myself? Then I become my own CEO, my own manager, which is both harder and easier And I have more flexibility and that internal inspiration to be an entrepreneur and make it happen. I also get to select my clients. 
I know I'm not going to take a client if I can't absolutely guide them to their relationship dream come true. So I talk with people first and I'm like, we need to have confidence this is going to work. So when I realized that I would have done this for someone else's success, why not do it for my own so that I can help people in my own way? This way, it's not saturated with the other business goals, right? Specifically doing this one thing that is so impactful that it helps people in every relationship of their life. So let me ask you this, because when you are talking to clients in the beginning, potential clients, I do the same thing. And you are deciding if you're going to work with them, right? I do the same thing. So many people think they get on a call with a coach and it's like the coach is just there to sell you and get you in. And But no, we're, we're here trying to figure out if you're a good fit for us right? as well. So what is it that you're looking for in a client when you're talking to them to figure out like, hey, this is the person I want to help. This is the person that I want to help find love. What are the qualities you look for in a good client? Awesome question. There's actually four questions that I ask. First, we just have a conversation. I want to hear what's going on with you. What is your perspective? Why do you think that's been happening? And anyone who comes to me for a relationship strategy call, I'm going to do everything in my power to actually help move the needle for them. And I will never ask anyone to change 180 degrees. That doesn't work. It's not long lasting. You can't hold up a facade of who you're not for any length of time. So are they being authentic with me? Can I get them to actually tell me what's going on? Will they take accountability and responsibility for who they are? Can we figure out their core values? Can we figure out how they've made decisions in the past? And what is that one-click pivot that's going to shift everything in their perspective? So I'm listening and I will ask, do you want me to listen, guide, or help? so that I can offer coaching right then and there. There's no reason, I'm not holding anything back. Then as we're talking, I'll invite them to ask any questions of me and how this works. And they've already seen testimonial after testimonial of people who are so elated and happy and in love and people who were just like them thinking I'm not matchable, Everything, every relationship I touch ends up in explosive disaster. I don't know how to trust myself. I'm so traumatized from previous relationships. I don't even want to try this again unless I know I can link arms with someone and know that I can be led on the straight and forward path that's going to achieve success instead of frustration and depression. I know for me, when I'm interviewing, talking, Mm -hmm. connecting with somebody new to see if it's a good fit for us both. I know there are certain things that I look for. How do you know when somebody going through the motions Mm -hmm. and not really there to get what they say that they want? Because I get that all the time. I hate my job. I hate my job. And and I work with people, sure, if they want to get a new job, 
great. We can do that. We can find the right fit. We can do all of that. But most of the people I work with are in this place where they hate their job and they they are not willing to really put themselves out there. They're not really willing to do the thing. So that's what we work on feeling good now so that they can enjoy their job now. Right. Right. And this is not what I want in a, in a long-term relationship. I don't want to just feel good in this crappy relationship I have now, (laughs) but it's a place to start. So for me in the career world, it's a place to start. First, you've got to feel okay where you're at before we can potentially look at going further. So for you, how do you know if they're really ready to find the love? So I think you hit the nail on the head. One, if they'll take accountability and responsibility for professionally, you made a commitment to exchange your time and service for a salary and benefits. Are you meeting that agreement? Mm -hmm. And once you know that you've stepped into meeting your own agreement and expectations, with your relationship with the organization that you made that commitment with chemistry, casual commitment, you got it. So in a personal relationship, when I'm talking with someone and they are outsourcing responsibility for the outcomes, that gives me a clue that they're not ready yet. So the four questions I ask are, do you want this change in your life? Do you want to find the love of your life? Are you ready for that? If there's any hesitation, and rarely is there, then I go, maybe they're not ready to find the love of their dreams, to share life celebrations and challenges together. And then I ask the next question, question two. Do you believe you can make this change? This is key and it's very different than do you want this change because their belief in themselves is going to start to resonate. So if they don't believe in themselves and they're expecting their fairy godmother, me, magical thinking to the silver bullet, right, then that makes me wonder where are you really at? And so if that question is not answered with complete confidence, and you can tell, I can look for the message, the meaning behind the message, then that is an indicator to me that they just need to coast a little bit longer. They need some unconditional love. They need to feel supported before they feel safe enough to believe in themselves. The next question is, do you believe I am the person to guide you on this journey? Because you don't ask somebody to marry you on the first date. (laughs) So they've probably done some research on me. They've seen that I've got a track record that is positive all the way that people have success if they will follow this process. And regardless of where you are in the world or what's been your history, that this is possible and plausible when you're ready for this change. So those are the three primary questions that I ask. There's a fourth question, and that's if I'm really going to dive in. I'll ask, if we choose to work together, how might you sabotage your success? Oh, that's a great question. Ah. 
<laughs> Asking that before we decide to work together, they're taken in a into a place where they don't have to worry about the answer. And as a really invested mentor, guide, trusted ally in this journey, providing me with a little insight in what are going to be the obstacles and pitfalls and how somebody might blockade any success. If I know that at the beginning, then I can say, okay, we expected this to happen, right? Is this what you want to have happen? Is this a safe space for you? Are you just taking a moment to figure things out? Is it your brilliant brain just keeping you alive, doing what you did yesterday, but won't let you get even just one squinch outside your comfort zone because you're concerned what's out there? So let's just take a little tiptoe into the water and then come back and feel safe again and then go again and go, oh, it's not scary out there. We can do this. We are confident. We're competent. We're strong. We got this. Yes. Yes. Okay. So tell me now. As we get into, tell me the the difference between the chemistry, the casual, the committed. Okay. So because all relationships follow this cycle, would you, shall we talk about a romantic relationship or professional relationship? Let, I mean, you're a relationship coach. Let's talk romance because okay. people, even the people that might be listening because they want to know about careers, they want to know about your career. So let's yep. talk about, and everybody wants to know about the romance. Come on. Yeah. It's actually true with every relationship. So 100%. the relationship with your inner voice, yourself, your relationship with your physical self, your relationship with money, your relationship with your family, your kids, your parent-child relationship if you're the parent, your parent-child relationship if you're the child, your parent-child really, or I mean the relationship with your community, your career, your clients, all of it. But here we go. Let's say when you have an idea of your core values and you know where you're at on the lifeline of your relationship arc, this means where are you at in life and who, what you want for the rest of your life and who you're looking to invite in. You know your core value system and the core values of someone you'd like to invite into your life. And then the next set of priorities is really what people do first. So it's faith, family, finance, fitness, physical, frequency, intellect, culture, all of those things. Those are like level three items, but we put them first and we just hope the rest falls into place. <laughs> so let's say we have found someone at the intersection that is perfect for us. And we've connected in a way that we're going to, you know, we're going to meet in person. And this is where the chemistry starts because you're like, ah, I'm looking forward to seeing this person and meeting them and seeing if my vision of them is going to meet who they actually said they were and that will be a fit for, for you. Let's okay. Say. So I want to, let's do a little side by side. You're talking about the romance thing, but I want to talk about this okay. place. In the job world, it sounds like it's the interview section. You've done some research about the company online. You're interested Perfect. and you're like, and in theory, this is the thing. You're all, always supposed to be curious when people go on job interviews. It's supposed to be about, is this person the right fit 
for me. Mm-hmm. And so often in a job interview, we're sitting there going, I just hope they pick me. I just hope they pick me. I just hope they pick me. And in romance, how often are people on a date that they're not even caring so much about whether this person is the right person for them? They're just like, oh, my God, are they going to ask mm-hmm. me out on a second date? Are they going to ask me out on a second date? They forgot that place of curiosity to see if it's the right fit for them. That's why I brought up that question earlier about how you and I check in Mm -hmm. to see if they're the right fit for us too, because we're building a relationship. As we go through this, Janaya, I think that this could go viral just if we do this compare contrast of how all relationships follow the same cycle. And I'll give you a little precursor because look, to get into that interview, what did you do? You developed a resume, right? That Mm. represents you. And the personal side of that could be, I call it a personal profile because you take that into every encounter with you. But even your online profile is equal to the resume because it represents you. So 75% of it should be representing you and 25, 30% of it should be who you'd like to invite into your life. And on your resume, if you're doing this very effectively, you're going to customize your resume to fit the job you're applying for. Same thing. Yeah. You got this. All right. So now there's the chemistry. You've walked into this interview. You've seen the organization or you've now met eyes and the windows of the soul. And you are like, could you be my future? And your brain starts going everywhere. And this just hits you with a bunch of adrenaline, with serotonin rush, with the oxytocin hormone that is like the cuddle hormone that reaches inside of you to encourage you to reach out. And this is the love hormone that encourages you to ally with someone and connect with people. So it's literally the chemistry is actually changing inside of you. And this is like euphoric, like you've eaten too much chocolate and you've forgotten that you left the stove on and you're like, this is going to be amazing. And so once you're in that chemistry mode, Then it's a matter of enjoying it. And people are rushing the honeymoon phase like I can never imagine. So I'm always like, be in the moment. Use your senses. Enjoy this fully. Share the moment and be a we. Be an us. Be a shared experience together. Be a curious detective. And be so interested in this person that they can't help but be interesting to you and interested in you. This changes everything. Look for what's right in the chemistry mode of a relationship. Right. So let's say we you got the job and let's say we were we're looking for a second and a third date and a fourth date. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is going to push us into the casual phase of a relationship. In the casual phase, we as mammals really love the comfort of being able to anticipate something that we can look forward to. So in a relationship, you're getting to know this person. You might share a favorite restaurant. This is like getting your favorite meal at your favorite restaurant because you have an idea of what to expect. It's like listening to your favorite song over and over again because you can anticipate 
the highs, the chorus, the excitement, and the mood that it brings to you. These are the movie moments that are so enthralling that you, one, you enjoyed that first kiss, that was chemistry, and now you look forward to the next kiss with this person and being able to connect again and again. So in the professional side, it would be knowing your job, knowing your responsibilities, meeting those expectations, knowing where you go into work, knowing where you get your coffee in the morning, and just enjoying the experience. Right. And and I think that a lot of a piece of that too becomes that not necessarily so much the oxytocin, but the dopamine, right? I've achieved this. I've I've had a great work day. I feel satisfied. You know, obviously this isn't a job that you like in one that you like, because we know that the ones that we don't like don't offer the same things. And that's of course the same in a regular relationship, but you know, you're going in, you're looking forward to work because you're working on a project. Hopefully the people are appreciating the work that you're doing and you're getting that feedback of like, hey, this is this is nice. I right. want I, I I want to invest more into this. Right. So you you brought up a couple of good things there because professionally, this is where imposter syndrome either shows up or starts to dissipate. To know I am capable, I am competent. Yeah. This is the right fit for me. In a personal relationship, in the chemistry phase there's something else that happens here that you started to bring up. And this is where we're not only looking for what's right, but we're designed to anticipate and look for danger. So this is what's happening in the casual phase of a relationship also. So we may be looking for what's wrong, what might be out of alignment. And this may throw up a red flag, for instance, And a red flag, in my definition, is a deal breaker. This is a relationship that you should create some distance from. And if it's a yellow flag, then this is a cautionary tale where you should do a little extra research, ask some questions, make sure you've got clarity around what's really happening here so that you're not putting yourself in a risky or dangerous position. And... If you do that and you clarify that, then that could give you the green light signal to go. For example, we've met this person. We're enchanted with this person. You've got all the positive stuff going on. You've gone out several times and everything is right. That green light is going to be the agreement. It's like an instant handshake. It's an agreement that not only do we want to go out again, That would throw you into chemistry all over again. Or let's say this is working and then you go, you know what? Let's actually be a couple and let's be girlfriend, boyfriend. That acknowledgement is that handshake. Your roles have changed. That throws you forward into the chemistry phase because then you're like, I got a boyfriend. I got a boyfriend. <laughs> I'm his girlfriend. He makes me feel like a guy. I got a promotion. I got a raise. I got a promotion and I feel good. Right. So now you're in the chemistry phase all over again. And these could be, so the relationship cycle is actually a spiral 
and it grows up on itself as you grow and share experiences together and find those successes and you overcome challenges and you grow closer together, whether it's in a personal relationship or with your role with an organization where you're contributing in a positive way. Yeah. And yeah, that's the thing. If you really love the company you're working for and you get promoted or you work on a new project and you do a really great job, then it does. It creates that whole, that excitement all over again. And this is the thing to be happy, period. One of the cornerstones of being happy is that you have to grow. And you just laid it out so beautifully as to why because you're creating that next cycle of those happy chemicals, the, the dopamine, the oxytocin. But if you just stay stagnant and wait for life to push you out of a moving car or something, because <laughs> that's often what it feels like when you're not taking a proactive stance in actually growing in your relationship, your job, your career, your life that you end up being tossed around by life. But when you're proactive about it, you get a little bit of control over the, mm. the dopamine, the oxytocin, the feeling good, the chemistry, getting the chemistry back again, all of the things. Right. So, right. So there was a monk who was saying, if you're in your search for happiness, happiness is like a balloon. And if you're allowing the wind to blow this balloon toward happy and it goes toward what you consider happiness, then okay. But if the wind blows you toward something that is not happiness and you're being reactive in that, is it the wind's fault? Mm. So looking inward and if you're not feeling safe and secure and confident and competent enough to take that initiative, there's a reason for that paralysis. There's a reason for that uncertainty and insecurity. And again, that's a signal to say, can you help me? I don't want to stay here anymore, but I don't know how to get into the driver's seat to take control of my life. If you don't know how to drive, don't get into a car and start driving. If you don't know how to build relationships then you reach out to a driver's training <laughs> instructor right. to help you with that. If you're looking to find the right fit career or to up-level your career, then somebody who's got that expertise to show you how to do that, we don't always have role models in our life. They're not always built in. And so when we want to learn how to do something, we find a teacher we find an instructor, we find a coach, a guide, a mentor, and that's how you up-level your life. So again, like I said, I feel like I've seen life in fast forward. I watched my husband from a young man become very old and pass away. On his deathbed, he knew he really lived. That's mm -hmm. what I want for you. But if you don't have a role model, a mentor, or the right guide for you, it's a signal because life is too precious, life is too short, and life is better with good love in it. Find the role model to help give you the guide to make life happen the way you dream it could be. Right. 
And that analogy about the wind is so perfect because you're, we're all creating this life that we have based on the decisions that we make or not make, right? Our, our actions and our non-actions. And we're doing the best that we can with the resources that we have. And I, and I completely believe that. And you each, if you don't have what you want in your life right now, it's important to say, to really look and say, well, I know I've been doing the best that I can. I know that I've been trying and I know sometimes I fall down, but my best decisions have gotten me here so far. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it means we need to learn how to make different decisions. And that's where leaning into mentors, coaches, and people that have what you want. That's the key right there. You've got to ask the people that have what you want how to get it. So often we're asking the people that don't have what we want. Are you going to ask your dad who worked for the same company for 40 years and was miserable and could, couldn't wait to retire? How yes. do you get a job that you love? How do you fall in love with your job? You can ask somebody that's never had a healthy relationship or a happy relationship what you should do about your dating situation. So seek the people that you connect with that will push you to help you change the way you make decisions so that the wind isn't just blowing you any which way. Right. So right. Okay. So I'm going to ask you another question, but first I would love for you to tell everybody how they can work with you, get in touch with you, get on one of those calls. Mm -hmm. The easiest way to reach me is to go to theartofrelationshipping.com. And at theartofrelationshipping.com, you can go to the resource page and find all kinds of resources, including the secrets of happiness and how to get there because we brought that up. But also at theartofrelationshipping.com, you can click on Speak with Michelle and you're welcome to uh, get on a call with me and let's figure out what is your relationship challenge and how can we get you to your relationship dream come true? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. And for those of you that are struggling in your jobs, I've got some news for you. Self-care, it's not enough. And you need to know that there are three reasons. There's actually more reasons, but I put three of the main reasons in this guide, the three reasons why self-care actually makes your career stress worse. And of course, the one thing that works. I can't tell you all the things that don't work and not give you something that works. Right. You can access that at elevatefreegift.com. So unless you're driving, open up your browser now elevatefreegift.com to get that guide and theartofrelationshipping.com to get in on some of Michelle's resources. So now I always love to ask about a past point in your life. Well, who, who, what advice you would give to your past self? But I'm curious, I have two actual questions. So I'm curious, one, because you talked to me about your future 100-year-old self. 
Right. So I want to ask you about what you think she would have to say, but I also want to know the you that did your first career path, because that's what most everybody is doing, that career path that they're mm -hmm. supposed to do when you've been doing this relationship thing for your whole life since you were in the fourth grade, what would you tell that woman who's in this place of maybe enjoying her career enough, but it's not the dream career. It's not the thing that really lights you up. What would you tell her or anyone in that same position? Right. So um, I, the answer is the same. And interestingly enough, I understood this then as well. I had a very clear idea of the companies that I wanted to work with because there was specific things I wanted to learn. And I believed wholeheartedly that by connecting with those organizations, I would learn those things. Mm -hmm. Believing in myself was key. And I know just out of college, I had, there was an organization that was begging me to work with them. And I said, okay, I'll work with you, but I'm going to get this job at this other company. And they're like, how do you know you're going to get that job? Well, I set an intention. I was going to do whatever it took to fulfill the requirements to get that job because there was something I needed to learn there. And my feeling has always been that you take an opportunity to contribute in a positive way to meet the expectations of what the organization is looking for, but also so that you can elevate yourself. I think that's your word and gain the skills to up-level your own career and relationship professionally. And so I did take that first job. I helped them accomplish some incredible new, we created a whole new division for that company. And then lo and behold, I got the job I was looking for at this next opportunity. And they were like, no, we need you. <laughs> it's like, thank you. I will be available to you as a consultant. I have created what you need. I'm not leaving you personally, but professionally, I had made myself very, very clear that this was the organization I needed to be working with so that I could be true to myself and walk my well-lit path to achieve my own goals. So I would confirm that that was the right thing to do. So professionally, I could continue to up-level my own career and I guess, so to answer your question, it was to know that not only do I contribute, but I receive something in that professional relationship. Uh, and to connect and, you know, just enjoy the network you can build there. So the networking with the people and the networking with the skills that you can acquire. And yes, to answer your second question, I do work with people to help them understand who they're stepping into becoming. Right. So the exercise is, you know, your 3.0, the best version of you, the most empowered version of you, the hundred year old self. Who is that? What does that person look like? How can you emulate what that is going to look like now to expedite the process, not to age, but to up level so that you can live your best version of yourself for the maximum amount of time to enjoy life fully. Mm. And then if you consider what does that future self have as far as wisdom and insight to share with you, 
more often than not, it's like, be patient, be calm, enjoy the moment, fill your senses. My philosophy is that we take in information through our senses and we collect all that data so that we understand the world around us. And if you can see the light and the shadows more distinctly, pay attention to the big picture and the details, you will instantly be living a fuller life. So that would be the advice that I would give myself in either direction. <laughs> in the moment. I love that. And the one of the things that stood out again, going back to when you're talking about your past self, you knew what you wanted, you knew where you were going. And that comes down to knowing what you want out of a job, out of a relationship, the values. And, and for those of you that maybe values isn't a terminology that you've really encountered before, basically a value is a non-tangible thing that's important to you. So in the concept of relationships, it could be connection, intimacy, and in jobs, it could be appreciation, connection also. <laughs> it's one of mine. I'm like, that's in my top three. Connection, connection, connection. Right. Joy, joy, joy. <laughs> and be the wolf, of course. So, Michelle, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your version of being the wolf. And... I'm so grateful for you to share your story and your knowledge. It's been such a joy to have you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share and connect with you and your listeners. You are making a difference in the world. Thank Beautiful. you. And everybody remember when we feel good about who we are and what we do, we create joy and elevate humanity. I'll see you all later. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be The Wolf. Please take a moment to rate, share, and follow this podcast so that together we can inspire others to be the wolf. <laughs>